Straight Talk Uncut. Hey everybody, how's it going? It's Tellus here, and thanks for joining me for another edition of Straight Talk Uncut. And this is being recorded on March 9th, 2016. How you guys doing? So I was just testing, I usually test my mic before every every episode, and um, I think I'm going to end up getting one of those, you know, those arm things so I can bring the mic closer uh, because I was I was doing some testing and uh, like I like I mentioned on my previous episode I, I I have to talk sort of loud well I talk loud anyway but um I feel I have to talk loud because the way my desk is I have one of those sliding out keyboard doohickey things to where the keyboard sits on this thing that slides out and um so I'm a little bit of ways from my my microphone. My microphone just sits on a like a little microphone tripod stand on the desk, um, with no sort of uh, what those things calls like, you know, little uh, shock mount. It, it doesn't have anything like that. But I'm usually pretty careful about bumping and stuff like that. But I was doing a test and I noticed, you know. Uh, I may want to get a little closer to the microphone. I watch uh, I watch Rogan's Joe Rogan's podcast on YouTube sometimes. Not I haven't actually I haven't watched it in a while. But when I when I used to watch it or listen to it, and um, you know I would see some of the clips on the on YouTube, I noticed. I mean he has his microphone like right to his mouth. But I was thinking about getting one of those uh, arm things because, like I said, I think on the last podcast that spring break is coming up. And I, I don't want to stop doing the podcast because my kids will be here and I want to do it early in the morning, like probably right after my wife goes to work and but before the kids wake up or even actually probably before my wife gets up. You know, I get I get up around three o'clock and I probably getting up earlier. <laughs> or actually, today I got up at two thirty. I want to get a head start two thirty in the morning. Uh, so when when uh, spring break is here, I may I may get up at two. That's that's when when you have kids, man. That's how much cushioning you need, uh, especially when you work from home, to to maintain some sanity. To get up, you know, work out, do a little thing, do some things, and then have a little coffee time before chaos ensues. Uh, you know, I have three kids and three dogs, man. And it's like when they when they're all here at the same time, it's it's, it's chaos. Uh, so anyway, let me go ahead and get started with the episode. I just wanted to mention that, uh, uh, if you know, I mean, I think the quality has been good so far. But if I can, you know, save from having to speak so loud and sort of uh, try to get a little more, you know, the whole thing about doing things. If you if you keep doing them and then it doesn't get better, then something's wrong. I think that will add a little uh, benefit to the podcast. Um, so anyway, let's go ahead and get into the quote. The quote for this episode is by Jim Rohn, one of my favorite characters. I don't know if I don't know if you call him. Well, I guess he is a motivational speaker, but um, one of my first prints, I my first screen prints I sold was Jim Rohn, and it was uh, "Don't wish you don't wish it was easier, wish you were better," and that's still one of my favorite one of my most favorite sayings. You know, we all you know we all wish things was, was, were easier, but don't wish it were easier, just wish it were better. But that's not the quote I'm talking about. Uh, this one is it goes like this: Formal education will make you a living; self-education will make you a fortune. Again, formal education will make you a living; self-education will make you a fortune. Again, that's by Jim Rohn. And uh, you know another another good awesome quote just just to to you know live by you know one of my daughters my my middle daughter the the middle child I I you know it's funny I was a middle child and my wife was a middle child so my and we are both different from our siblings we we you know is both have two siblings and we're both dramatically different from our siblings and my middle child is dramatically different from my other two daughters my my oldest daughter and my younger daughter they're pretty they, like my younger daughter youngest daughter she's almost a clone of my oldest daughter in a way i mean they they look the most alike 
I mean, they they just have so many similarities. And then my middle daughter, she's she stands out all alone, just like just like my wife and I, from our siblings. So she's been on a YouTube channel because she makes these videos, and she's she's 11 years old, but she's been making these videos for about four or five years. Um, she started out making them with these little my little's pet shop and Pokemon. She would she would make these, you know, go and she she would you know how you kids play, but she would she would play, but she would record it. And, and and it's hilarious, but she's never, you know, put them online. She just would plug the camera in to the TV and, you know, uh, mom and dad would watch it. <laughs> and some of them were brutal. But uh, being that we have to we had to watch these things, we, we actually bought her a little. Because at first she was using actually I still have the camera. Let me let me grab it here. The, the first camera she was using was this Nikon Coolpix 5600 a 5 megapixel camera and this was one of my one of the first cameras I bought my wife um, and I bought my wife this this I bought my wife a camera like every two or three years because for a while every time she needed a, a picture of something like she was putting something on eBay or doing anything she would have me take the pictures and you know and I was like you know what I'm gonna buy a camera so I bought her like three or four cameras and she's she's probably she's probably never taken more than 20 pictures but now she uses her cell phone anyway get back to the story so my daughter wanted this video wanted this uh youtube channel to you know start, you know now that she's older she wanted to start putting them online for her friends because she does she makes like hair accessories she's real fashionable she's in the fashion she she like embellishes her own shoes she makes these headbands brace she just does all this little crafty stuff and um, and so uh, she wanted to put them online, you know, for because she when she wears the stuff to school, kids are always asking her about it, you know. So she wants to put it online and and, and show how she makes it and stuff. Uh, and she still use her Creative Lab Vito that we bought her little little flip camera. We bought her like four years ago. She still uses that, but like I I I have a YouTube channel, but I don't. I haven't uploaded videos on YouTube in probably eight years. It's been a while, uh, if not longer. When I when I was in real estate, I used to upload video like showings and stuff like that. But uh, so I haven't I haven't seen like the the dashboard like the back office <laughs> of uh, YouTube in forever. But like again, we have a Lynda.com account. So the deal was that if she made an A on this one math test she had coming up, she could get a YouTube channel. And as far as I remember, she hadn't made an A in math so far. She made B's and C's, but she hadn't made an A. Not only did she make it make an A, she made she aced it 100%, made 100% on the thing. So we were like, okay, well, I guess, she, you know, she, she's going to get a YouTube channel. So the but the other deal was she had to go to Lynn.com, you know, log into my account and watch this YouTube Essentials. And of course I she him and hauled, you know, but because I I knew is is it was gonna be more than she anticipated of you know, she thinks she's just gonna get on YouTube, upload a video, and boom, that's it. it never have done this before at all. She's never done um anything like she's only recorded the video As a matter of fact when she wanted the videos taken off the camera to you know because it's is a um, internal hard drive there's no like external SD card drive or anything so I would have to download the videos on my you know on, on a folder that I have for her on my computer and um, so I knew this was gonna be a learning curve for her. you know what I mean she's used to just going to YouTube watching videos she don't know what goes on behind the scenes and so I wanted her to just get a head start and, and teach, you know, it, you know, just just look at a few videos, go step by step. And she hear me hard, but I was like, you know what, that's, that's going to be the only way you're going to do it, you know, because I'm not going to, like, sit down with you when we have this resource. Because, I again, I don't know. I You know, again, I, I haven't uploaded a video to YouTube, and that's something that's on my list to do to, to, um, to maybe add a video component to this podcast because if I if I'm going to be you know collecting these cameras and things it, you know it's, it's just crazy not to have a, some sort of visual component to it 
Um, so she she him and hard, and then um, we 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 I, I left her with the laptop and left her to learn. So she watched one video, and she was like, "Dad, I'm done." I'm like, "No, I know you're not done that quick because there was there were like twelve videos in the series. I think the the whole YouTube Essentials was like two hours, two and a half hours, right?" So anyway, she she the next day, you know, we told her, "Okay, you know, you you getting." a little too anxious and you you getting upset and, and and she started to freak out a little bit so we said okay let's put it off to tomorrow so she put it off to tomorrow and then as she started learning like you know how do i get this thing up here i'm like well that's your banner you have to figure out what size and everything and then she was like oh so once she figured out that everything that she sees on these other channels matter of fact I opened up one of her favorite channels. I said, you know, the, the, another way you can learn if you don't want to go the route of lynda.com is to f go to your favorite channel and go through and see what, they, what they've what they done. And then what what do you like about this channel? You know what I mean? Like, what do you, what do you like about this channel? And everything you come across you like about it, if that's what you want to do, you know, know, then you can go back to lynda.com and say, okay, I want to learn how to do this. So she found out about the, how to, the, you know, the, um, the the dimensions for the banner, for the little avatar. And she was going through asking about the video quality, about the video thumbnail. And then as she started going on and seeing what it takes, then realization started to pop in that, oh, yeah, I do have to learn this stuff. You know, and I, and I was telling her, uh you you only see the final product when you're watching these videos. You see their their finished version, their finished product. You don't see what goes on behind the scenes, you know. And and I and the other thing I told her was, you can teach yourself every bit of this. And and the awesome thing about it at, at your age, once you start learning this, it becomes easier, you know. And and once you once you learn how to do it now, that's not final because they're gonna change something. So. It's always advantageous for you to be able to self-educate yourself on the things that you want to know and not wait for somebody to teach you or not wait for someone to tell you that you have to learn this. You have you know, learn it on your own because that way it's going to stay with you. And I told her, I was like, I can, I can sit here and, and handhold you and walk you through every bit of this. But just like anything else, are you going to remember it like that? No. No, it, but once you, if you invest in yourself and in, in your own ability to learn it, in your own will and need and want to learn it, then it's going to stay with you. And and by the time YouTube has, or whatever the next thing come, you're going to be that much farther ahead. Matter of fact, she's probably already ahead of my knowledge now, just from the few, the, the little, because I haven't looked at, that that aspect of YouTube in forever. So she's already, her knowledge base is already um, surpassed mine as far as the current version of YouTube. And and that's the that's the, I mean, I've made a comment before about how technology is is uh, it's the great equalizer. Like you can be on the same page with with someone. And then when a new thing come out, if that other person don't take the initiative to learn that new thing and you do, then you've won up on them. Or if, say something like, she's like my daughter, she's 11, I'm 41, and she can surpass me in knowledge on, on certain things just depending on uh, who's going to take the initiative to, to learn it. Because the information is out there, whether you have a Lena.com account or not, it's... The information YouTube has resources. Most most things like that, most resources like that have you know getting started guides on um, you know how to get started. And, and then as soon as something new come out, you know the geeks are gonna be <laughs> uh, blogging about the new thing, and everybody want to be the first to announce a new change. So that's already taken care of for you. So, so uh, self-education in technology is a great equalizer. You know, you, if you, the person that takes the initiative and wants to go out there and learn things on their own and not wait to be forced and to be told that they have to learn something, 
you know, that's, that's, it, it will, it will make you a fortune depending on what you do with it. So, um, and, and the other thing, and speaking on that same thing, one thing I told her about was, because I know she's not thinking about assholes that's going to be leaving, you know, I mean, if you see some of the comments on the most innocent videos out there, you know, so I told her, you can't be afraid of criticism because you're going to get that. You're going to get that. So my whole thinking is the earlier she, she experienced all that, um, and, 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 and get used to that, man, she's going to be, she's going to be fortified. You know, I, it took me a while. It took me so long to, to figure out that no matter what you do, there's going to be people that's going to hate on you. No matter what you do. Matter of fact, if somebody's not hating on you, you, something's wrong. You, 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 you are not doing something right. So that was the, that was the other thing I told her, like, you know, with what comes with now exposing yourself and, and doing things. You can't be afraid to fail. You can't be afraid. Like, um, if you do something wrong, I, I told her about my experiences when I started uploading videos and how long it would take me to do one, one episode. Um, and I, and I used to shoot on a, a, a green screen and then I would put like a background and I use all this, you know, just making it way more than what it was. And, and I remember telling her, like, I remember, uh, being like afraid to even record it. Like nobody's going to see it. You, I, you know, it's like, I'm, I was afraid to mess up in front of myself. <laughs> if, it, if that makes sense. But now, um, it's not like that. But, but that's also a reason why straight talk uncut is the way it is because I, you know, but you know, I'm, 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 I'm past that now, but it just took me so long to get to that point. And it's because now, I, well, first of all, I'm older and a lot of stuff don't bother me anymore. Like, I mean, it, it's, it's really scary how, <laughs> how, how, how much of a shit I don't give about a lot of stuff. <laughs> but, uh, so I, I was telling her that like, yeah, be, don't be afraid to mess up in front of yourself. Like, you know, and, and don't, and don't try to make it perfect and don't be afraid to look goofy. Don't be afraid to look, you know, to, to, to look quote stupid, you know, don't, don't be afraid of that stuff because that's just a part of life. Don't be afraid to be yourself. You know what I mean? And, um, and, 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 and you know, I can see, a lot of stuff just just washing over her because I'm always on my podium about this stuff. But I just want them to be strong, especially because you know I don't, I don't have any any boys, I don't have any sons. I, I got girls, and I read I rather them be the biggest bitches on earth <laughs> than to be pushovers. You know what I mean? That's just my philosophy. Um, I just rather them to be real stern and real sure of themselves than to let somebody make them feel a certain way because they were being goofy doing something they want to do. Um, and, and I also told her, don't, you know, don't be afraid that people are going to get offended. Uh, don't purposely set out to offend anyone. But if you think, if you want to put something out there and you think a small, like few people may get offended, that's just, Hey, that's what it takes. If there's, if you really want to put something out there. So, um, yeah, man. And you know, my, my whole thing with, with my daughters is just trying to get them a leg up on what took me so long to learn. So anyway, let me, let me move on past that. So what's going on, um, with photography? Well, I, I told you guys, I've been shooting some, some film, some color film, and, uh, eventually I'm going to have to process it because there's no, there's no places besides, I found one place in town, one or two places in town. Uh, some mom and pop specialty camera stores that that will process film, you know. But it's like not only do I have to drive way out of the way to get to them, but you know it, it's not it, it adds up. So I rather invest in processing the film myself. So I end up buying some some tanks, um, some film. I already have one one processing tank, which is enough to do. I can do. Um, what I can do one roll of, of, uh, 120 and then I can do two rolls of two rolls of, uh, 30, of 35 millimeter film. But I found this awesome deal on eBay. Uh, it was a guy, let me, let me log in so I can, you know, I don't know what's wrong with my, um, let me see here. 
So I found this guy on eBay. He was selling this awesome, uh, this awesome kit, or you know, some some darkroom equipment, some tanks and stuff. And it was one of those make me an offer type things. I was like, all right. And I always lowball. When I when I make an offer, man, I'm like, okay, you make an offer. Uh, yeah, I make an offer. Uh, so let me let me go to my history here. Just do one second. So, here's what I bought for twenty five bucks, plus I think we decided on eight dollars shipping, right? So he was selling for seventy dollars, and this is what's in this is what what I end up getting. Um, three stainless steel tanks with you know, with the, with the reels and then one, um, pressure tank, he called it a pressure tank, but it's, it's, uh, you know, it's a plastic tank, almost like a Patterson, but on, it's not a Patterson, but it looks, it looks identical to the Patterson, but instead of like the red that Patterson usually have, it's blue. And I think it's, uh, I'm trying to see the, he, he doesn't list, list the brand, but what is that? I can't see the brand, but it's, it's, it's okay. Here it is. It's, it's one tall tank. One of the tall tanks that could fit probably four. Yeah. Four, uh, of the stainless steel, uh, film reels. Then they have two smaller stainless steel tanks with reels. Uh, just, just no, non adjustable reels. And then there's a plastic tank with an adjustable is, it's, it's pretty much a, a, a Patterson, uh, clone that has the adjustable reel. So I got all that for $25. And what I was doing, oh, and then it came with some tongs and um, I don't know what this wire brush, I, you know, I don't even know what that is. It's like a, oh no, it's a Dodge, it's a burning Dodge, burning Dodge sticks. Yeah, cool. So when I started doing my prints, I didn't even look, I didn't realize that was in there. The tongue, it's like four sets of tongs um and burning dodge sticks or just dodging sticks so yeah 25 bucks so so you know 33 dollars i got that for um which is a deal you know is it which is a steal and so that's going to give me uh because i looked up the chemicals the little kits for c41 and it looks like with one kit you can do eight rolls of film so and i and i you know i looked up what what it takes to do the processing and it takes a, it's it's real simple, but it just takes to get the temperature to like 99 degrees of you know tap water. I'm pretty sure you, you can get it quicker using, you know, if you you know use like a pot of hot water or something to mix it in. But um, but if I was to do you know with just the tank I have now, it would take me forever to process each roll. You know what I mean? One at a time. When I can just do what I you know what I can do eight rolls. I can do a whole kit at a time, you know, eight rolls at a time, just, you know, just to take a day to, um, or, or like, you know, a part, part of a day to, to do that. So now I just got to get the C41 kit. And, um, I think I'm gonna get that off freestyle photo because I went back to B and H uh, and they don't ship it. They don't, they don't ship that out. So, Anyway, so that's what's going on with that, and you know, I'm I'm, I'm looking forward to doing that. I'm, I've been shooting with all my little point and shoot cameras. Actually, when I end this podcast, I may go out and uh, take the panorama camera, the the um, Pentax with the panoramic um, option on it, and go out and get some some landscapes. So that's what I may end up doing today. Um, so that's what's going on with that. Uh, you know, I'm. You know what's funny? Um, Oh, also, let me mention this real quick. So I, I was able to get the scans done of the photos from the Zeiss Icon, and I'm pretty impressed with not only scan quality. And oh, let me let me mention this. So I'm not going to go in and um and, and remove like dust and stuff. I'm not I'm not going to do that. So when you see the scans, when you see the the pictures up, yeah, you're going to see debris i mean i'm not going to do it on this round on the next round when i when i do this again i'm going to it, when i thought i was being clean and i you know because i washed the glass and i show you i may 
put up some pictures of how I'm scanning. I'm using my DSLR and the lid of my scanner. The um, the negative, the, the transparency scanner part of my negative is the light table. I, I put some pictures up and show you. It's kind of weird to explain, but um, so, and, and I took these two pieces of glass and sort of taped them together like, like to make a hinge with duct tape. And I just put the film, the transparency in between, and then I shoot with my, uh, K, my K3. So I'll show you that setup, uh, if not on this episode, somewhere somewhere on the site. I may put up a like education link or something like that, or you know, I'm not sure. But uh, yeah, I was impressed with with uh, what I was able to do, you know, without having to buy a new scanner and buy that ViewScan software. You know, I was impressed. And what led me to to go this route was I did a lot of looking up online, and <clears throat> a lot of people that's done this before you know, the results that they've produced will far out outweigh the scanner that they were using. So I was like, you know what? It cost me nothing to do this. So let me, let me go ahead and do this, you know, um, and, and quit thinking buying something is always going to solve the problem. You know, if you have a, if you have a, um, some options to do here just to get them online. Now I haven't made any prints or anything. Uh, that's the other, you know, I, I, I want to make prints from them. Um, but I, you know, I can make, I can make. I have a. I have a enlarger, so I may make some four by sixes with enlarger. Not. Not. I, I'm pretty sure I am going to do it because I have everything to make four by sixes. Uh, what I'm missing for 35 millimeter is a. Uh, I'm not. Even, I can't remember what it's called, but I have an Omega enlarger that I bought used, of course. <laughs> but but it. What I found out after I bought it, and I bought that for a little nothing too. I think I bought that for like twenty dollars, and it came with. Um, it came with everything for 35 millimeter, except for I guess with 35 millimeter and this enlarger, there's a there's a uh, another lens that goes before that. It's a, there's a there's a feature that makes the makes getting 35 millimeter shots better. But it came with two lenses, one for 120 and one for 35 millimeter, and only thing I had to purchase was I had to purchase um, uh, a carrier, a negative holder for the 120, and I think it crops out the negative on for my my Zeiss icon because I I think those negatives are either six by seven or six by nine. I can't remember right off the top of my head, but I think this negative carrier is, is six by six, so I had to crop it a little bit. But I can still you know get some four by six prints because I, I have paper. Uh, for four by six, that's what I've been using in my uh, Frankenstein camera. I've been using paper negatives, so you know I want to get some pictures of all that stuff and and sort of uh, some sort of a guide or something to, to put up. Just you know, not, just to, just to show what I'm doing, and then if I'm doing something wrong, maybe somebody can help me. Especially once I start to do enlargements and things like that. And you know, uh, a lot of people, like even my kid, they're like, why? why are you going in reverse but you know what this doing this like like learning this, this stuff that i always wanted to learn you know the, the wet dark room stuff like that is actually making me a better digital photographer believe it or not it's actually making me a better digital photographer because the things that i would normally depend on the camera to do now I'm I'm being more precise. It's I've I always shoot in manual, but now I'm more precise in my manual settings. It's less experimentation when I when I you know want something. It's less um, there's less experimentation. For for instance, uh, my my daughter was sick yesterday, so she stayed home from school. But when I dropped my other two daughters home, uh, dropped my other two daughters off at school, on my way back we saw this crow. Um, this this crow was eating a rabbit. We we matter of fact that same day uh, we would we would take when I was taking the kids to school we were, we were counting dead rabbits that that on on our little short commute to drop them off at school and we counted ten ten dead rabbits and um, on our way back there was this it, I mean if you saw if you saw this on on online you would think it was staged but there was this crow 
eating, uh, pulling out the eyeballs of this dead rabbit. But right, like, right behind him, somebody had spilled what looked like a whole box of jelly beans. So there's these jelly beans, and it was, you know, early morning sunlight, and it was just making these jelly beans glow. I had to slow down and look at it, like, I was telling my daughter, I was like, look at that. And I didn't have a camera with me. She was like, Dad, we need, we need to go get you a camera and come back and take a picture. So I was like, all right, yeah, you're right. So we go home, put it in, in the driveway, and then she just stands by the door. She's like, get the camera. And I was like, at first I was like, because I would have talked myself out of it. I was like, you know what? It'll be gone by the time we get there. And matter of fact, I did say that. And she was like, no, let's, let's try it. And and she's sick, mind you. You know, she's she's like, you know. So I I go grab my K3, come back, and as I'm walking to the door, I already set the camera. I grabbed the um, I didn't want to get too close, so I grabbed the hundred, the three hundred um, zoom, or seventy to three hundred zoom, seventy to two hundred zoom, and um, I I put it. I you know I knew what's you know it was bright sun. So I dropped the ISO all the way to 100, and I um, I knew what you know what speed and, and and what I wanted how I wanted to get it. So I get out there, and I only made one. I I had to make one change. My shutter speed was a little too slow, so I just increased that and popped off some shots like real quick, right right in the middle of the street. You know what I mean? And and I and and normally, if I had time to like set up, I would have been I would have been fumbling around and. Let me well. Let me try if it don't work. I try this. I try it. But no, it was like I, I don't know. It was just like something clicked real, you know, real fast. And um, and I, and I know that comes from me shooting with these old cameras, especially these ones like the these old old Polaroid conversions that I have, where um, it, you know, it's on EV. You know, you don't even you don't even get to change anything but the EV setting. In, in you know set the timer you set the uh, yeah the t- the timer you don't uh, time shoot or just the the standard eye to where it's gonna compute everything for you and the same thing with the Zeiss you know is it 4.5 or 4.6 is the you know widest I can get it open and um, it's kind of like a crapshoot but once you once you know that you you start to um, you start to be better aware of lighting and not have to mess around so much. So, so that, you know, it, it's helping me out with that. Even important shoot cameras uh, are making me concentrate more on composition because everything is, is set, is set. You know, these, these point and shoot cameras are, you know, you don't do anything but point and shoot, but you, you still have to take in, you, you still have to compose the shot. So it, it's, it's, I mean, it's awesome. You know, it's like, you you don't have one you you still have to use your brain a lot i mean yeah you you have to use your brain when you're using digital especially you know like a camera like i have like a k3 that has but it but sometimes when you have so many options you tend to like want to not let all that technology go to waste (laughs) you know what i mean so you like trying stuff trying stuff when you end up using either the first thing you tried or the last thing you know that's that's what I noticed when when I'm shooting either the first thing works or the last very last thing all this stuff in the middle is, you know hopefully you learn something from it from the things you you know that you can try out on something else um but you know usually it's the first or last shot so so that's what's going on so I have those scans of the uh those uh, those Zeiss icon uh pictures so you can see what they look like um See where I'm at. You know what, man? I'm I'm at, I'm already at 34 minutes. Um, there was a few other things I want to talk about. I want to talk about this this website I came across, uh, and it's it's a it's like a grant funding sort of site. Let me. It's called the Aftermath Project. And you know what? I mean, you you it, you it's you have to go to the link. It's theaftermathproject.org. And let me let me just tell you a little little bit about it. Um, but it's it's I, I think I came across it look, like looking for fine art grants or something like that. But here's the mission. The mission. The Aftermath Project is a nonprofit organization committed to telling the other half of the story of conflict, 
the story of what it takes for individuals to learn to live again, to rebuild destroyed lives and homes, to restore civil societies, to address the lingering wounds of war while struggling to create new avenues of peace. So in a nutshell, it's, it's, the Aftermath Project is about what happens after, after the war. You know what I mean? Like, I, I was telling my daughters about like the um, um, Gulf War and stuff and how it was always on television, like day in and day out while the war was going on. But the Aftermath Project is about what happens after that. You know, we, when you know when a soldier's getting a medal or something like that, you see it, but you really don't know the like the the lives what happened to these to to you know both civilians and soldiers in these communities and everything after. There's one thing that gets me choked up, man, and that's watching like um, soldiers. You know, that's like it, it, whether it's mentally wounded or physically wounded. That I, that's that stuff. I really get, I really get choked up on it, and um, and I think it's because I had I had a lot of men in my family, that uh, and a lot of guys in my neighborhood that were like you know Vietnam vets and, um, you know just just war veterans and and you know, and they, and they, and they were just I mean if you if you didn't know their story you would just think they were bombs on the street or you would think they were just drug addicts or losers or whatever but to know their stories man and, and you know to see how they were just forgotten you know a lot of them too they st every day you you knew they were vets because they wore they still wore like old raggedy you know uniforms you know what i mean like the the not not the bdus that we have that the military have now but just the, the solid greens and they just wore that stuff day in and day out, ragged, haggard, and torn. And you knew they were veterans. You knew they were war veterans. Um, by the way, they act. You know, they're real, uh, like, like you know, just paranoid. And I mean, you, you, some of you out there know what I'm talking about. But to, to, I mean, in, in a lot of time in those communities, they just get overlooked, and they just be, you know, they just get some kind of name. Oh, that's just crazy, Jerry. You know, that's just you know, that no nobody nobody ever uh, uh, you know not a few few people take the time to figure out why they're, they're, those people are like that. I remember when I was a cook at this restaurant, there was a guy there. He was a veteran, and he lived in this because uh, I, I gave him a ride home every once in a while. And he lived in this like halfway house, but he had this thing to where if he was working, you had to be careful about knocking pots and pans around or it will I mean he was really shell shocked I mean he would he would lose it he would like he would like duck dive to the ground you know so you had to be real even even um the dishwashers when they were like when 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 they were like uh, even washing silverware or something like that they had to be real careful about you know making the clinging noise and stuff like that so the aftermath project is about like that after stuff you know like what what the lives of people and everything after the war that you know nobody nobody really spotlights you know everybody spotlights what's going on during the the conflict and things like that but what happens after that and so you actually have to go to the website and listen to um the the founders introduction and, and let me play a little bit of it Now I don't know if you can hear, hear that, but her name is Sarah Terry, and and she pretty much said war can be summed up. Um, let me let me let me see here. Oh uh, man, see see like this this uh, this this opening image is just so like powerful. It shows a kid in his weird wheelchair at um. I mean, you, you just have to go to it. Go to aftermathproject.org and then go to, actually, the aftermathproject.org forward slash story. Or just click on the link at the top that says the story and then click the video. And she's going to explain to you 
what it's about, man. And, and I watched it this morning, and I was like, you know what? I never heard of this project. You know, whether or not I would ever apply for a grant to do this story. But, I, you know, as soon as I saw this and as soon as I heard the video, I thought about what I just talked about, about uh, a lot of veterans that I knew growing up, a lot of my uncles, some are dead now, who they just they were just always in this standstill in life. It was like after the war, whatever war they were in, whatever, you know, their, their life their life stopped and they were like drug addicts, uh, abused alcohol. And, and these, were, these were good guys though, you know? I remember a long time ago when I first got into film, I did this project. Um, I was going into these parts. This was before I had, um, I think my wife was actually pregnant at the time because I remember this causing a little bit of... <laughs> This caused a little bit of conflict in the in the household because she was pregnant and I would go out at night to do these projects and I would uh uh some sometimes some of them was in a day but I was you know I would talk to these these homeless guys and just to see cuz I was real fascinated like well like how did they end up there and a lot of them were veterans and they would just you know tell the story how you know, I mean, you, you you can probably imagine. It's just like they just did, did, didn't think they fit in anywhere normal. You know what I mean? And, and they just decided to 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 leave wherever they were from and, and to just, you know, be on the street. Um, so I wouldn't mind doing a project, not not so cliche as just homeless people, but just just the, you know, veterans in general who, who have either you know, physical handicaps or mental handicaps. Um, you know, it's just something, I don't know. I, I, I actually have a, 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 a disability, a, a medical disability. It, it's not, it's not huge, but I, but I, I had to go to the VA hospital in Denver. Um, when I was, when I was going through the initial processing and stuff like that. And the first time I went there, it, it was pretty sad, man. I'm, I'm, you know, it was, it was, um, uh, because here I am, I, I mean, I actually felt guilty, like, cause I'm able to walk and I'm able to, you know, I'm, 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 to, no one, no one would even know I have, you know, anything, you know, wrong with me, and, but to see these people with obvious afflictions, and, um, you know, and 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 just being like, it's almost like that they were being, I don't know, punished in in a way. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say. But anyway, the aftermath project. So you can you can if you have a project in mind that relates to you know the the type of things that this project is about, you can click on the submit application and the t it's going to tell you what's all involved. Matter of fact, she tells you in this video. It's really really worth watching that video, the intro. Um, but it looks like the grant is for twenty thousand dollars, and there. are other things that comes along with that because one of the big things that this this organization is trying to do is not not just to fund a project but to continue the project past the normal you know little 15 seconds 15 minutes of fame and then it dies down they want these projects to last so even in the video she says that she sent like the project goes into a book and then the book is published and then sent around to like these people who can make change, you know, like the politicians and senators and things like that, educators, people who can actually make change. So it's not just like a, a vanity type thing. It's not just like a let me uh, let me boost my career type thing. These are is is a solid project that its goal is to actually see something happen after these projects are published and put out there in the world. So check it out, the aftermathproject.org and uh take a look at, you know, this this is one of those sites I'm gonna visit often, man, and um, you know, see what's going on. Because I think there's actually stuff, even if you don't have a project in mind, some stuff you can uh some ways you can contribute to this organization, if I'm not mistaken. I, I do remember her saying something like that in the, in the little the intro video. So check it out, theaftermathproject.org. Um, the, the site is well designed. I mean, I love the, the... That's one of the things I always catch is like a lot of times you go to these 
grant places and stuff like that. And the, the website is horrible, but this website is actually welcoming. It's, 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 it's really, really nicely done. Nice graphic design. Um, so check that out. Um, uh, see, moving on, moving on. What else? What else I want to talk about? Um, what else? Okay. Yeah. I want to, I want to talk about this article. I saw this article on, um, was it hack life? It was called seven unconventional ways to build your confidence. Seven unconventional ways. So I wanted to go through these things, you know, just real quickly. And just to I, engage myself, you know, just, just to gauge myself and see how true these are. You know, a lot of times you see these things and it's just like cliche stuff they pulled out of some speech or some book by some, um, you know, motivational speaker. Okay, here is number one. Take chances that make you feel uncomfortable. I agree. I, I, I talk about that. Um you know, I talk about that uh, on on the podcast. Matter of fact, this podcast is created out of that. Um, you know, doing something that make you uncomfortable. Although speaking has never made me uncomfortable, but um, I don't know. Just just sort of putting something out there where you can be criticized. It used to make me uncomfortable. Not anymore. You know, I'm, uh, like I said, I'm past that. Um, I know I know so uh, there's a lot of things that make me uncomfortable that I'm doing a little bit at a time and not necessarily that I feel inadequate but I, I don't like I don't I don't like try to go out of my way to make people like me and a lot of times if I'm in a situation it's not it's not cuz I'm I'm going to make myself feel or I'm feel comfortable uh, feel uncomfortable. I usually try not to make my family feel uncomfortable by stuff I say or do, <laughs> if that makes any sense. Because I, I don't really care about what people think of me, um, but I know that's important to some people' appearances. And you know, I, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it, but um, yeah. But you do. You do have to step out of your comfort zone. You you really do. You have to step out of your comfort zone. And, and and the earlier you start doing it, the better. But let me let me read this. It says, "The moment you doubt whether you can do something, you cease forever to be able to do it." I agree with that. I totally agree with that, man. You got to do any anything that pop in your mind that's reasonable that you want to do, but you say to yourself, "Oh, that's going to be uncomfortable." That's when you need to do it. That's the thing you need to do. Even if you just do it one time to say you did it, you, you can't, you can't like go through life and then regret it at the end. And, and you know, I, like I'm having a lot of, uh, a lot of things that I'm going back to, to try to do because I didn't do it when I was younger. You know, like I, I talk to my wife all the time about stuff and she's like, why you want to do it? I'm like, cause I wanted to do it and didn't do it. You know, like, like, um, like, like I, I used to be, like I, I hate, I like seasons. I like Colorado because it does have snow, and, and it does have uh, different seasons. But I hate being in snow. I hate, I hate being um, outside in snow. <laughs> so, so I've, I've, I've been here, and I was just thinking about this because my wife and I had just had a 16th anniversary. We've been together 18 years, been married 16. And I've been in Colorado for 22 years, so that's I've been I've been here most of my life, and I've never been skiing not once, not one time have I ever been skiing. Is it because black black people don't ski? Maybe, maybe that's in the back of my my head. Maybe that's one of the stereotypes that I I lived up to, but um, and and I still like the the one reason why I think. Uh, why I've never been skiing? Cause I, I'm I'm very. It's clumsy to word, but I'm not. I'm prone to injury. <laughs> I'm real. I'm I'm tall. I'm lanky. I'm clumsy, and I can just see myself getting on the ski slope. Cause I had friends that ski. They always invited me to go. Always. I had you know. I grew. I I, I was I was roommate with a bunch of white dudes that skied and snowboard and did all this stuff. That roller skated. Matter of fact. We went to, <laughs> I know there's a joke that goes, uh, what's the joke? It's a, there's a joke. 
that I recently just heard on the uh, there's this new video series called on uh, called the New Yorker Presents, but it was something like how do you how do you tell your your parents that you want to that you rollerblade or something like that and it was like tell them you're gay. I never even knew knew there was a stereotype that rollerblading means you're gay. Anyway, I remember we went to this sports store. This when I was you know I had two roommates. And we were going to get rollerblades. I was like, we were all gung-ho. We may, I think we saw a movie or something. So we were all gung-ho about getting rollerblades. And we all picked them. We all, you know, none, none of us had ever rollerblade. And um, and we, we were trying them on. And then I tried some on. And this is in the store on a carpeted floor. I, I tried to, like, test them out. And I ended up, like, almost breaking my arm. Because I I couldn't stop and I flipped over the you know the bench when you, when you in the store like where the shoes are or you know skates or rollerblades whatever you sit down and I was like nope not buying these so that was the end of me ever trying to rollerblade <laughs> that was the end of it right there and I have many stories like that about biking and stuff like that but so snowboarding I mean ski yeah, skiing and snowboarding is the one thing that I've never tried because I just know I'm I'm gonna be the guy that you know hit a tree or something. Um, but that also go with goes with number two on this list: fail fast and fail often. So there you go. You know, I, I guess the the quicker you you know, I guess that was my failing fast. I guess I should have just got back up and and got back on. But yeah, I do agree with that. Don't be don't be afraid to fail. Like I was just telling my daughter the other day, don't be afraid to to fail. Um, matter of fact, the the yeah, the faster you do it, the the more the quicker you're gonna learn. Like this whole film process thing, um, you know, do, doing going back to doing wet wet dark room, I, I failed a lot, but it's, you know this this thing I know that I'm not gonna get it right the first time, even though I get frustrated. But you know, I just gotta gotta keep uh, keep doing it, and the more the more I do it, the better I'm gonna get. But also the more I do it. I'm going to make more mistakes, but I'm also going to get better. Um, number three, be wrong and be okay with it. Yeah. Yes. Every, anyone who knows me knows that I'm not afraid to say, hey, either I don't know or, yeah, I was wrong. You know, I'm, I'm never afraid. One, one of the reasons that when I first wanted to do podcasting was, what if I say something wrong or what if I mention something wrong or what if I report something wrong even even um not even just being wrong but what if you change your mind about something like I was telling when I was telling my daughter about the video she was getting caught up on creating a banner and I was like you know what if you don't like the banner you can change it is you can change it anytime you want to and even if you're creating a name you know because I was trying to get her to come up with a name for her her channel I was like you know what you can change it later if in even in the description you can change it later no don't don't let like somebody else's opinion hold you to something i used to be so afraid of that like saying something and then if i change my mind later looking like a hypocrite but no it, it, things change i'm i'm different every day you know i i something may come along and change the way <clears throat> i think about something like like for like actually this this is a perfect example I didn't understand why people started getting into, especially street photographers. Like, why? Why is it so? Why are these mirrorless cameras all of a sudden so popular? And there's this debate about is mirrorless gonna gonna just kill DSLRs and like you know these new uh, uh, what is it? The Olympus is it Olympus? Olympus Pen and the uh, the Fuji XTs and I don't even know. Let me see what are, uh, what are they called? Is it the XT series? Let me let me take a look. Fuji, what is it, XT Pro or something? Are those the the ones I'm thinking about? Yeah, the S XT One and the not 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 the XT One. That's a that's a big full size camera. The um, is that a is that a no? I'm not talking about the XT One. What am I talking about? The little you know what I'm talking about. The li these little new cameras that are like small and um like the Sony's and, and things like that. But yeah, I totally, I totally get it now. Yeah. If you don't, you won't understand it unless you are lugging around a DSR, DSLR 
and um you, you yeah you want you really won't get it Every, everything is not for everybody so yeah i put my foot in my mouth when i was like i don't, I don't know uh oh yeah the leica like the leica cameras now i can totally see if you if you are heavily into street photography i can totally see why um you you would want to like what is this thing so i was looking at this and this this instix is that an instix printer what what is this wait a minute I, I just got sidetracked let me put that on my um i was looking at this fuji xt10 body and then one of the little product pictures there's a camera there's a cell phone i guess it's wireless is it wireless the um xt10 I don't know, but there's a there's a cell phone next to it, and it has a pic the same pictures that's on the view the LCD of the camera. Then there's this little Polaroid print, and then in like the background there's a, it says a Fujifilm. I mean not Polaroid, I guess it's a Fuji, Fujifilm Instax, and then it has like a, a instant picture popping out. So is that an Instax printer? Do they have an Instax printers? Okay, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to look at that. All right, so. Anyway, back to my so when I when I took out the Zeiss Icon, I also took my K3 and I took the grip, you know. But after a while, I was like, yeah, I can totally see if you had the money, why you would get something like a, a like a Leica or or like a um, you know a smaller camera, just like like. One one of the things I I, I want to do uh, is take one of these these little point and shoots um, out with me. But the only thing I'm hesitant with them is you know they're motor driven and they make that that we rewind noise. But so since then I've been looking at point and shoot cameras because one of the things um, I, you know I don't I, I can't see myself going into like doing street photography like those you know those people that's like writing your fa i can't see myself doing that but i i can't because i've done this before and it's usually at night you know i've done projects where i just went around walking with the camera uh and it was back in film back when i was doing you know like way way 10 years ago so uh i can i can totally see why you would want a smaller camera because that was my one time doing it and i can like see like how if I was to do this all the time, every day, I would, you would definitely want something more portable, something less conspicuous, and uh, you know, just something easier to carry, easier to have with you all the time. Like I hear people saying, they always have a camera with them. Like now I do, since I, it's funny, since I've started using these point and shoot cameras, I have one in the truck, and I have one, like around the house, I have one <laughs> with me all the time that is starting to cause issues, but now when they when i used to have the dslr and i would take pictures they would see me coming and then their whole whatever they're doing would totally would totally change now they they don't even know i taking a picture until they either see the flash or they hear the motor rewind you know and it's hilarious man because i've i've shot more in the house and documented my family more with these point and shoot than i have since last time i was in film uh so anyway so yeah, be wrong and be okay with it, and 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 be you know know that nothing is is static, nothing is forever. If you if you say something, that that don't mean it's gonna be like that forever. You know, be open and, and know that some someone may can't come along and change your mind on something, and don't be afraid to say, yeah, I, you know, I was wrong on that. I put my foot in my mouth, just like I just did about people going on about these uh, these mirrorless cameras and things like that. Um, yeah, I can totally see a use for them. Uh, compliment others and help them smile. I have a hard time complimenting people, but I, I never have a hard time making people smile. I'm goofy. I don't, I don't, you know, I'm always doing something goofy to make people smile. Even one, and one reason why I do that is because I don't look like I'm goofy. I don't look like the type of person that'll be, you know, jokey. I'm the, I'm the clown in the house. You know what I mean? My wife is the serious one. <laughs> But if you looked at us, you wouldn't think that. If, if you, you know, if you looked at us, you you would think I'm the serious one, and think my wife is more jovial. Um, number five, laugh in the face of frustration. You have to do that sometimes. You have to just say, you know, 
you have to laugh it off. Uh, if you don't, man, you would go crazy. And sometimes it takes you to, to, to go through that being angry first and then just laugh it off. Uh, but yeah, I, I totally agree with that. Number six, ignore what most people think of you. I, I just talked about that. Ignore them. It, just ignore As long as you're not doing anything malice or malicious or to offend, to hurt, just ignore. That's one of the biggest things that I I, I, I uh, have to keep telling my daughters. One one daughter, one of my daughters, she don't care. She's like me. She's like, you know, and I'm, I'm glad she's like that. But two, the, the, the youngest two, they, you know, they, they, they haven't built up that layer, um, that thick skin yet. So they get, you know, they get a little upset when, when people say like the little smallest thing, but, um, yeah, you, 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 you gotta, you gotta like just do your thing and, um, and, and know your purpose and, and do it for that reason. And, and not, you know, like, like I was just, I was just listening. I was just watching this review or preview. I'm not even sure if it's out yet of, uh, the, the movie by Nina Simone that, uh, what's, what's the lady, what's the chick's name? Uh, what is her name? Uh oh, uh, Zoe, Saldana, Sadana, Dana, Dana, Zoe, Zoe, that the girl who's doing the the Nina Simone movie, right? You know she's getting backlash because she don't look exactly like Nina Simone. They're saying is like blackface. And, you know I'm not gonna even lie. When I first heard about it, like oh, months ago, that she was gonna play, I just didn't see it. I, I, I didn't see Nina Simone. I just didn't see it. I mean, which which is, you know, but I saw the preview and I saw the trailer and I was like, okay, she, 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 I, I totally see it. And I guess they, you know, they had the, of course, they had the darkener skin a little bit. Um, you know, and, and then it's like, I, you know, when I, when I first, you you always when when you see the cat like even like with the Batman and Superman movie, Ben Affleck I, w- I was already against. It. I'm like, yeah I don't get it, and, and I was like I'm not gonna see it. Ben Affleck playing Batman, whatever. And I also just recently saw um, Argo, and I didn't see that because of Ben Affleck playing playing this guy who, you know, you, you know I'm like, well, how how's that how's that even right? And when I saw I saw it with my wife, and I was like, okay, you know, it wasn't that bad of a movie. You know what I mean? It wasn't bad as bad as I thought I was. So things like that, like people gonna always have something to say. Now here she is. She's she's a big star. She's proven herself. She's proven she can act, and she's still getting flack about a movie role. You know what I mean? Like, well, evidently, um. She she thought she could pull it off, or she agreed with herself. So, who who is anybody else? I mean, of course, people are gonna criticize it and, and and say things like that. But, um, yeah, she she's still doing it. You know, it's like, regardless, if she look exactly like Nina. Can she act a part? And from what I, from what I what I've seen, just just her acting and me from you know from what I've seen of Nina Simone. I think she did a, did a good job. I just matter of fact, I just saw um, what happened to Miss Simone. It, there was a it's a it's a documentary on either Netflix or Amazon. I can't remember. And I think there's a book also. What happened to, to Miss Simone, or what happened to Miss Nina Simone? And it was, it was pretty good, man. There was some stuff about it I I just didn't even know. Um, you know, so. So yeah, you know, people gonna always no no matter how far you get. I mean, look at Obama. People shit on him all, all every day. So if 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 Obama can get criticized and 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 keep keep on pushing, you know what I mean? Like who am I to get or who are you to get upset cause of what somebody think of you? That's, that has nothing to do with you. I, I tell my daughters that too. About uh, I mean, I I know. I always say I tell my daughter, but you know that's whatever. That's that's uh, that's what I do. That's I'm a, I'm a dad and I'm a husband, so that's the shit I'm talking about. But I always tell them, um, like if some and I and I had to learn this. It took me matter of fact, I I left art for a while because I just got tired of people saying stuff about my work. 
And um, that that it didn't even it wasn't even what I was going for. I think I talked about it, but then I realized it has nothing to do with me. You know what they think has has everything to do with them and nothing to do with me. Just like if if two people gay if two people want to get married, two gay two two uh, men want to marry each other, two women, you know, a gay couple want to get married, that has to do with them. It's like why are you worried about it? Like if they if they if somebody outside of them have a problem with it it has nothing to do with the gay couple they're not doing anything wrong because somebody else has a problem with it so why should the gay couple not get married or why should the gay couple have a prop like do anything other than what they are doing because somebody else has a problem with it so it's like the same thing with with whatever you're doing somebody else's like any okay if you got an editor you got if you you go to somebody and say hey critique this for me edit this for me yeah that's different but somebody outside of that it has nothing to do with with your work with what you're doing so yeah ignore what most people say and number seven begin right now yeah man I've, I've wasted so much time trying to get shit perfect so much effort trying to wait for the right time wait for the right thing man i i saw um i saw a thing i think it was charlie sheen uh saying he was gonna go back to school or something and get a degree <laughs> and then somebody said uh well well uh you almost you're gonna be uh, like you. You're not gonna finish until you're seventy. He's like, yeah. No matter what, I'm gonna be seventy. So if 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 I start now, I'll just be seventy with a degree. If I don't start now, I either be seventy without a degree or seventy wanting to start to get a degree. You know what I mean? Like like this quote on my wall. It says, "The best time to plant a tree was twenty years ago. The second best time is right now." I mean, I think there's a fitting end to this episode. Um, yeah, man. Thanks for thanks for listening to uh, Straight Talk Uncut. Again, if you got any questions, you got any comment, anything you want to say, any 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 direction you want me to you you, you want to point me about uh, some sort of organization, some kind of photography, art resource, anything, anything you want to hear me discuss on here or a question you you want to ask get my opinion on send them in to tell us at straighttalkuncut.com um yeah yeah just you know whatever you have whatever comments whatever anything you want to say straight talk uncut if you if you uh look at the pictures online you know if you if you have a better way um think think i can do something differently um I haven't done the black and white. I haven't done processing enough to know how to start messing with temperatures and things like that. I know, you know, I know there's things you can do, but I haven't, I haven't done that yet. I'm still trying to just get the, get something exposed. But uh, if you got like tips, I mean, because when you sometimes, I mean, it's tips that you use in, in proven because there's so, so many ways you can do things. Um, that's why I'm just sticking to the basics right now. And then, go, you know, doing a little bit of hybrid, you know, taking them into Photoshop and messing with the exposure. And, and by the way, that's the only thing I've done. You know, I've, I've messed with contrast, exposure, shadow, and highlights, um, and stuff like that. But um, anyway, that's it. Thanks for listening to the Straight Talk Uncut. Appreciate you guys listening. Uh, tell us at straighttalkuncut.com if you got any questions, comment, whatever you want to say. Like I always say, I don't know a lot, but what I do know, I talk straight about. Until next time, talk to you guys later.